Hey folks, on today's episode of the Buy Back Your Life show, I'm going to share my story of why I quit my corporate job and started a business teaching others how to invest in stocks. I'll be sharing my journey to this point, the big moment where I decided I needed to make a change in my life, and how investing has allowed me to buy back more of my time and more of my life. And if you're listening to this and want to learn how to successfully invest in the stock market without being glued to a computer, you can visit tradingoptionsdaily.com slash webinar. There you're going to find the exact step-by-step system new investors can use for massive results all from your smartphone. On that page, you can decide if you want to save your seat for a completely free webinar where I'll walk you through this strategy in live time. The link again to check that out is tradingoptionsdaily.com slash webinar. That's all for the intro. Let's get into the show. So just to get started here, I wanted to share my story of kind of how I got to where I am today, give you guys some perspective on on my journey and share a couple tips and funny stories along the way that I had to experience firsthand just, just to get where I am. I uh, grew up in St. Catharines, Ontario, medium-sized town in Canada and family of four. So one brother and mom and dad, mom and dad worked all their lives Dad was a union worker for the city of St. Catharines, and mom was an accounting clerk. And they both sacrificed a lot for my brother and I to have us uh, have the opportunity to play a lot of sports growing up. I was big into hockey, as most young Canadians are, and did the whole hockey thing. Got to travel, play some good teams, up until I reached high school, where I made the switch over to basketball. Uh, being 6'6 and uh, big and slow in hockey doesn't lend itself well, but you can use that to your advantage on the basketball court, which I did, and that uh, consumed a lot of my time. Sports in general consumed a lot of time in in my youth. Um, When I wasn't playing sports, I was pretty studious, I'd say, up until university, and then kind of had some other priorities take over. Uh, Played basketball at Brock University after high school was finished. Had a lot of success there, a lot of fun with some friends, and got a major in geography, bachelor's degree in geography there. Do I still use that to this day? Not really. It is what it is. It gave me a great opportunity to learn how to learn and how to problem solve. And one of the biggest things I learned when I was in university was just being able to live on my own uh, in a a house full of guys, which we had some some crazy times, which we maybe will get into on one of these episodes of this podcast. But we'll save those stories for another time with another uh, co-host or a guest. But time at Brock translated well, got my first job out of there and went into the world of engineering. At this time, I didn't really understand what investing was. I was about 23 years old. This is back in 2012, December 2012. And I kind of just lucked in through a friend I played ball hockey with at the time. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life or have a career goal. I was kind of just looking for a steady job at that point, make some money, get my foot in the door somewhere. And I got in and started as a surveyor, which means I was outside cold as hell most of the time, holding the survey rod, still rod in my hand, walking around, just putting on top of things, clicking a button and just that's how surveying basically works. Super exciting, I know. Uh, but I translated that through some hard work into a career as a, a construction inspector. So I would watch the construction crews build roads, build sewers, build water mains, and I just make sure they were following proper guidelines, proper procedures, and then document that as best I could. I also got into actually some designing of these uh, systems and of these linear infrastructure as they're known, and eventually worked my way up over eight years into a position of a little bit of a managerial role with the within my company, managing managing uh, lower-level staff a little bit and just helping people out where I could. And that time at Associate Engineering was, was well spent and well 
well enjoyed. I also made some money, which was great. And i never forget the day that everything kind of changed for me. This was a big moment in my life when I, I got my first pension statement from AE, as they're known. And I opened it up. I'll take a look at it. Read the top line, blah, blah, blah. This is when you can retire. And I'm like, holy shit. It was 20, 2013. And I'm looking at this piece of paper. And I'm going, you can retire in uh, 2055. So I'm like, okay, my math, quick math. 2055 minus 2013. There's 40. Oh, my God. 42 years I have to do this. And the kicker on that was that the, the, the document that said you may have enough to retire. You may have to supplement with CPP which is a Canadian pension plan or any kind of savings you might have. So I'm thinking at that moment, my heart kind of sank. Like seriously, I just kind of just crumpled into a little ball in my office or my cubicle rather. And it was disheartening because here I am thinking, oh, I can just work this job for the next 40 years and I might not even still have enough money to survive and live the kind of life that I want to. So I'm going to give up all this time, 40 plus years of time and energy to do this and I might not have enough at the end. Like that resonated with me. That that really pissed me off. And I immediately, well, not immediately after I kind of uncrumpled from that ball shape I was in, I, I took a couple seconds to, to reflect and thought, nah, nah, there's something better out there than this. This ain't going to be my my legacy, my life. I'm not going to do this forever. I'm not going to do this for 40 years, that's for sure. And I kind of had the idea of, I'll do this till 40. And if I can't figure it out some way to make it work differently by 40, then maybe I'm stuck here, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And I'm, I had my original goal was to go 40 and I'm out. So where that led me, uh, down down the rabbit hole of investing, I'll tell you that for free. The, the, biggest, the biggest quote that I like to just kind of pass off to people who ask about investing is, the more you learn, the more you earn. And legendary investor Warren Buffett says that one, he says it all the time. He's one of the richest people in the world and it basically boils down to can you educate yourself enough outside the normal kind of nine to five and look for other opportunities to make money. And just, just so we're on the same page here, my main goal in life isn't to make tons of money. I see money as a tool to allow me to do things that I want to do. And they're like, for sure, you need to have money to pay for groceries. You need to have money to pay for your transportation costs, for your housing costs, for your kids, everything else you want to do, vacations, family time, presents, gifts, all that stuff, it requires money. But my goal isn't just to make money for making money's sake. I want to use that and then buy my life back or buy my time back. So I value my time as my greatest resource and I want to be able to choose what I do with that time, whether it's spend time traveling, spend time with loved ones, spend time with my wife, Sarah, all those things are more important to me than just making money. But at the end of the day, if I make enough money, I can start buying those things back. Now, you might think that I'm looking at things the wrong way, but I pay someone to cut my grass because I don't want to spend the two hours it takes to cut the grass and do the lawn when I can pay somebody $50 to do that for me and I can get those two hours back. That's two hours that I can go spend working on something else in my business going to see a friend or a family member. That's how I kind of value my time and money. So if I can use money that I have to buy my time back, I'm almost always for that. There's a trade-off point where I need to actually keep some of the money because you can't spend everything you have. Otherwise, you're not going to have enough for other things you want to do. But that's the basic sentiment that I'm going for. And I want to be able to have that nest egg of cash where I can use it 
to continually buy my time back and shape the life the way that I want to be. So that's the overarching like theory in my head. And after that moment, reading that pension statement at AE, I started taking steps to educate myself and to, to learning. And it was it was amazing the 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 differences then even a couple weeks and a couple months and then just doing it consistently compounds over time. And one of the best decisions I ever made was getting a library card. We, we Sarah and I were living in the city of Thorold, which is just a little bit south of St. Catharines. And I got a, a library card at the city of Thorold Library. And I went in and I just started reading personal finance books. And I started with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Wealthy Barber, The Intelligent Investor, and just kind of scaled up from there. And these were just great grounding principles for me and just gave me an idea of how I viewed money at that time and the way like wealthier rich people use money and value money. And they weren't afraid of taking on debt, getting a mortgage. They weren't afraid of taking on debt and using it to invest in, in different things, in different companies and make more money. They were, they were putting their money to work for them in all these scenarios and, and being cognizant of what it was doing. If, if you're not being specific with what you want your money to do, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. And that's okay sometimes. Like You don't want to be scrounging and kind of tracking every dollar. It's not what I believe in, but I believe you have to have an overarching idea of where your money's going to go and what you're going to use it for and just keep track of that in some way that works for you that you can incorporate in your life. So we started doing that. Sarah and I, at the time, we had, we had just bought a property and we, we decided to, we actually, we were living in a, in a small house in St. Catharines before that. Let me back up here. And we, we had that house that I bought from 2013 to 2017 or 18. So about five years we had it. And we ended up selling it for a little profit. We bought it super dirt cheap. I bought it for $120,000 before kind of the real estate market in, in Ontario here went, went, went nuts. And we sold it for 200 k So we made about $70,000, $80,000 on it. And we just decided to roll that into another property. But this time... We decided to live on the upstairs of this property and we made sure it had a unit in the basement that somebody else could go in and live in and then we would rent it out to them. So we had a little bit of cash coming in and this is a strategy that I had read about in, in a book that if you can get someone to kind of pay your mortgage down for you, you eliminate almost all of or your entire biggest expense every month, which is the mortgage payment. So we did that and we tried it and we learned that there's a lot of, not a lot, but there are some shady people out there who will always be late paying rent and always give you excuses. And I remember going through and kind of having people come through the property the first time and being scared, scared to death. Like, oh my gosh, is it good enough? Is this good enough? And just not feeling like I'm in control. But it was that experience that made me stronger and I'm better off for it now. I've done it so many times now that it seems like second nature. I can kind of go through and pick and choose who I think is best just based on the years of experience of doing that. And that's just one way we started investing our money to eventually buy back our time. So with with that mortgage payment coming in, it was only a thousand bucks a month, but that thousand bucks a month, then we used that. At the time, we should have used it to pay our mortgage down faster. We didn't do that, but we decided to use it to kind of travel a little bit. I'm from St. Catharines. Sarah's family is from uh, about four hours northwest of Thunder Bay in a little city called Dryden. And there's there's a cost to to traveling up there. So we decided to use some of that money to make sure we could go visit the family up there, which is important to both of us. So we were buying back that time using cash that we had in excess from the rental and using that, putting it somewhere else to enjoy enjoy our life. And that's that's kind of the, again, the goal that I have. So after that property in 
in Thorold. It went well. It was successful. We saw how it could kind of work and it opened our eyes. We thought, well, we have a little bit of money saved up just from working, both of us at the time, and we have some extra cash from that first property that we sold left over. Let's buy another one. And so we did, and we moved out. And we moved into that property for about a year. And after that, we decided, well, you know what? We've saved up a lot that we could again. We were very, we're very low cost people. We're not very flashy. We don't have nice cars. We don't buy new clothes. We we value time and time with others, time with friends and family as our kind of number one priority. So we don't buy the flashy things. All the, the furniture in our house is used. That's kind of where we operate from. And it's allowed us to stockpile cash faster because we're not spending thousand bucks on a TV, $4,000 on furniture, whatever it may be, uh, $20,000 on a new vehicle. We don't, we just don't do that. That's not what our thing. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. It just, that's not the way we operate. If you want to take your cash, your hard-earned money that you worked your butt off for and go buy things, do that. Honestly, if it makes you happy, go do that. It's just not the way we operate. So we decided to buy another property. So then we had two rentals and our own property. And we decided, well, you know what, this new house that we bought in 2019 is kind of big. So why don't we see if we can Airbnb a portion of it out? And we didn't know how to do that at the time. So I started watching a bunch of YouTube videos on how do you Airbnb a property and what do you do and what do you need and are there regulations in your town? And it just, it, little things like that, just having the mindset of what could be and not just saying, oh, this can't work for me. It's like, no, it's it's the mindset of how can this work? How can we make this work? We want to do something. How can we get there? Just like when I opened up that pension statement and it said, 40 years of work, and then you might have enough to retire. And I said, no, it instantly became, how can I make this a reality that this this doesn't have to be what it's going to be? I can do something different, but how am I going to get there? So we kept, we kept always thinking, how can we make this happen versus we can't. We hated saying we can't. It's how can we, we changed our mindset. And from there we had kind of diversified, we needed to diversify and we had some cash in a, an account with uh, an advisor at a financial, one of those financial advisors. And that was a good starting point. We kind of let it just sit there and grow a little bit. And it wasn't growing as fast as we thought it, it could or should. So the next logical step was for me to kind of branch out and say, okay, how can I make this money do a little bit more so that we can go then and buy back more of our time? And that led me down the rabbit hole of how does the stock market work? And it, like it can't be this complicated, convoluted thing where no one can figure it out. Because people do, people trade it. It just it's about finding the strategy that works and then just going all in and executing that strategy and figuring it out. And the biggest thing I think I had to just convince myself was that I'm not a genius by any means and I have to be okay with losing some money or paying for an experience. And that ultimately ended up happening. I'll get to that in a sec. But basically the the need for the stock market was just we had enough real estate at that point. And I thought we need, to, we need to diversify a little bit. We don't want to say, oh, real estate's really good. And what if what if it isn't? Like we're kind of long-term paranoid about real estate sometimes. Like the market's been going up really quick, really quickly, which has been great. And that's benefited us. But what if, what if the market pulls back 50%? We need to have another asset to then come back to and protect us. So that was why we got into stocks. And I ended up being at a conference with Sarah and we saw these two guys on stage and they were promoting this stock investing strategy. And I was like, Oh wow, this is right up our alley. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's take a chance on this. And we had to pay for education. And to this day, I've definitely forked out over $10,000 just educating myself with this strategy and how it works. And 
it's all about using stock options to increase your returns in the market. And you're, you're trying to achieve a one to 3% return every month, which is kind of the benchmark. And that's, that's a lofty goal. I mean, that's minimum 12 max 36%. And some years are going to be different, but that's what these guys were selling and the strategy made sense to me. So I went all in and kept taking their courses, kept educating myself. And that's how I've been learning how to invest in stocks. And I'm at the point now where I feel like I've got a great handle on it. It's been two years and I went through my lumps at the beginning, but I feel like I've got a good handle on it now. And that's why I want to share the same or similar strategy with others. But when I first started stock investing, like it was right before COVID hit and I just funded my account about two months earlier and I was using a little bit too much money. When you're in a certain type of account, you can you can trade with more money than you actually put in your account. So if you put in $10,000, which I did, you can trade up to $30,000. It's called leverage or margin. And I was using about 20000 at the time. So I was a little bit over leveraged. And then COVID hit and this mar- the markets pulled back 30%. Well, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't really, I knew what was going to happen or I had an idea. But until you go through it, you can't actually feel it and feel the emotion and the experience behind it. It's hard to get a sense for what you're actually going to react like in that moment because you've just never done it and never been through it before. So I ended up losing half my account. I had to close a position and just take the loss. And looking back, I'm really glad it happened with $10,000 in my account versus 100000 or 200000 because a 50% loss on 10000 is only $5,000. I say only, but it was, it was a big amount to me at that point, and I was kind of shocked when it happened. And yeah, $5,000 down the toilet, but not really. The way I kind of justify it now is that was a learning experience and I just paid for that lesson. And that's the way it's got to be, especially when you're getting started in the stock market. No strategy is perfect. You can buy, sell, use options, use just basic dividend stocks. At some point, your account's going to go negative because the stock market is an upward and downward moving market. It doesn't always go up. It doesn't always go down. It has to come down when it goes up and it has to go up after it comes down. That's just the way it works. So at some point, you're going to see losses in your account. It's how you can react to that and how you can manage your emotions in those time. And I paid for that lesson at the beginning of my experience. And now I'm much better suited for when those days do come. And actually I'm recording this on uh, December 7th. The last two weeks in the markets have been pretty choppy. There was about a 5% reduction in the overall market last week. And it was crazy looking on Twitter and social media. People are freaking out and you just have to be able to weather that storm and think, you know what, this is normal. 5% is normal. I think the stock market corrects once every year, roughly, or once every other year, about 10% on average. So it's 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 going to come. It's going to happen. You have to be able to be ready to manage yourself through those periods. So bringing it back full circle here, we started with real estate. We got into the stock market, and we've kind of dabbled in crypto now as well, just to further diversify a little bit. But the best decision I ever made was deciding that working for 40 years wasn't for me because it led me down this path of continual learning. It's allowed me to grow as a person. It's allowed me to learn all these different strategies, meet all these great people, and it's changed my life. And the reason for this whole show and this podcast and what I'm trying to do is to help do the same for others, because if I can do it, you guys can do it. Like I said, I I was a geography major in university. I was a sport. I'm a big sports guy to this day. I'm, I'm pretty good with numbers, but by no means am I a super level genius guy here, simple, everyday person and just decided to make a change and went for it and I'm trying and at this point in my life 
I feel ready to take on more challenges and, and give back and try to do this and help other people do the same. And just recently, I decided to quit my job and start this company, start trading options daily and start teaching people how to invest in the stock market. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't spent all these years. It's about 10 years of my life that I've spent learning and educating and trying and failing and trying again and just critiquing my own strategy and just seeing what works and what doesn't and just getting out there and getting my hands dirty. And now we're at the point that I can do this, which is fantastic, and I can get my time back and use it for something that I'm passionate about. I had a good nine, 10 year run in the civil engineering world. And I, I enjoyed the people immensely at every stop where I was. I was at this private company, AE, City of St. Catharines, Niagara region, great people in all spots, but that was never really my passion. I wasn't passionate about engineering. It was a good salary at the time. And I used that to buy other assets that have now freed me from what I was doing before. And now I can dedicate my time to helping others, developing content, creating what I want to create and spending my time doing things that are more fulfilling to me. And I wouldn't be able to do that without having rental properties. Rental properties are great because someone else pays your mortgage for you. The assets can appreciate over time, which just means if you bought for 100,000 and the, the real estate market goes up by 10%, let's say in a year, that asset of 100,000 is now worth 110,000 and it just continues up from there. It's not always gonna go up like that. Sometimes it does come down, but generally there's a two, three percent appreciation is a safe number for real estate. And you also get the benefit of having renters pay your mortgage, but also having some cash flow left over. If you do it right and you select the right property, you can actually have all your expenses covered. People pay down the mortgage and there's some cash left over every month that you can then pocket and choose to do what you will with. And that's that's a great tool. And then the more you have, obviously, the faster it's going to accumulate, money's going to accumulate for you. And then you can use that for other things. Having real estate has allowed me to take kind of money out of that property, out of the properties, the cash flow, and then there's something called equity, which I'll touch on in another episode of this podcast. But you're able to extract value from those properties, borrow against a property, and use it to fund other investments. And in my case, it's funding my stock market account. And I use that money to then invest in the stock market and use the money from my real estate to make more money in the stock market. And it just, it just compounds from there. So it's powerful stuff. And it's all through education that I've been able to do this. So without those real estate properties, without this knowledge of how to invest and execute in the stock market, I wouldn't be able to have no nine to five right now. I wouldn't be able to do this, be here sitting, speaking with you, or I'd be doing it after hours, which is I kind of started to do a little bit. I started a blog a couple of years ago. Didn't, didn't take off. Probably honestly didn't put enough time and effort into it. I thought I did at the time and I put a lot of time in, but obviously not enough. So I decided to take a, a pivot and do something a little bit different and start this online teaching kind of platform. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff if it wasn't for the investments that I made over the years, the investment in myself first and foremost, and my mindset change to, to go after and go into a new, a new direction. So where, where I'm at today, like Sarah and I, we own a few properties in St. Catharines. We have a stock trading account. We have cryptocurrency. We feel like we're pretty well diversified in that realm. And now I want to I want to take this and take the stock investing that I've done and be able to share it with others and apply it with other people. And that's why I started my company Trading Options Daily. And it's it's all about just getting good at one thing and just laser focus on one strategy that you can execute all year round. The good thing about this strategy is that 
You can win if the stock market stays neutral, if it pulls back a bit, and even if it goes up, you can win in, in, in almost three ways. And, and when you have a loss without getting too far into it, you just ended up buying stock you wanted to want of it buy anyway, but you're purchasing at a discount. So I believe in the strategy. This is what I'm using day to day. And this is what's allowed myself and Sarah to kind of live life on our terms. We've been able to travel a little bit more this past year, even with COVID, just because stock trading for me is done anywhere on my smartphone, anywhere there's Wi-Fi. Sarah's got a remote first job that she can do anywhere. And we're, we're slowly building toward that time where we're going to both be retired and both be traveling kind of year round. That's our, that's our game plan is to travel and just experience the world together, see what's out there, different cultures, different places, and just enjoy life. And it's all because we're able to buy back our time and buy back our life through our investing. We're going to be able to do that. So we're going to kind of end it there today. And if you guys want to keep knowing more, if you want to get a hold of me, you can definitely send me an email at andrew at tradingoptionsdaily.com. Would love to hear any questions, comments you guys have. This is the first episode in this podcast. There's going to be about one a week moving forward. And it's anything to do with just investing, personal finance, uh, personal growth, anything else focused on helping people just kind of buy back their time, whatever it may be. And we're just going to see where this thing goes. And hopefully I can help inspire people and just help people learn how to invest and how to better themselves. And I'd like to thank you guys for checking me out today and checking out the podcast. And hopefully I hear back from you guys in the future. And uh, yeah, keep enjoying the content, enjoying the show. Thanks for listening.